this week on Dig Me Out. With your hosts, Jason Zia and Tim Minichi. Jay, we're back again with another episode. Thanks to our Dig Me Out Union on Patreon. You can help us make the next episode happen by joining us at dmounion.com or digmeoutunion.com. And Jay, speaking of the union, we have a new union member, William Spivak. Oh, that's how I'm going to pronounce it. Thanks for joining us for the uh, for the new year. It's 2023 year 13, our 13th season of Dig Me Out, Jay. We're still at it. Crazy. Lucky 13. Yep. And with Lucky 13, meaning the beginning of a new year, someone who usually joins us, who has joined us for such episodes such as last year's Suicidal Tendencies, The Art of Rebellion. Uh, before that, it was Frizzle Fry by Primus, uh, the Nirvana 500 episode, They Might Be Giants, Apollo 18, Masters of Reality, Living Color, Jennifer Trinan, Mr. Bungle, so many episodes. There's a plus, I didn't count the round tables. I mean, there's like 10. This might be episode 11 for you, Mr. Scott Holgram. How are you doing? Hey, uh, uh, hey, I'm doing great. Hope you guys are doing well. I was just telling my wife before we started recording, I said, This is going to be the start of either their 11th or 12th season. So, 13 seasons. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Ivy, even I've lost count. Uh, yeah, I was kind of shocked when i saw that pop up i was like i can't believe we've been doing this for 13 years but hey people still keep throwing albums at us and we keep trying to figure them out so it's still it's still hard to pick what i'm gonna pick so jay still trying to dig out of this hole yeah speaking of um digging out of holes <laughs> i don't know what that segue means. <laughs> uh classic segue uh we were kicking around some ideas as we do every year about stuff that we want to do on the show. And one of the ideas, uh, share what we're going to try doing here uh, for this 2023 season. Well, you hear us uh, yapping a lot about our discord community and we thought it'd be fun to start bringing some of the conversations, links, different things that are shared in there uh, to the show and talk about them a little bit, do a quick little segment where we share opinions on what's being thrown out there any hot takes uh and then just maybe do some live reactions on new songs videos just fun stuff that we're finding along the way and bring it to the show Mm -hmm. so for the first one uh there was a pretty fun video shared by chip from the show chip midnight from dig me out uh he posted a video it's by a steve welsh a youtuber and it's 12 different Band, it's him interpreting 12 different bands performing uh, Appetite for Destruction in its entirety. So imagine that record recorded by 12 different bands is the premise. As if there was um, a, an encomium of, of, uh, <laughs> of that. Got it. And what's, and what's incredible is that um, Steve Welsh, the YouTuber, also performs uh, not only the Guns N' Roses song, um, and interprets that, but also the other 11 tracks from the record. So uh, the reactions on Discord were a little split. I think some of these 
uh, for folks came off pretty well and others not so much. But I thought we'd fire it up here and see what you guys thought. That Ready? sounds like fun. Let's do it. Let's cool. Do it. Let's jump in. So the first track, he's doing uh, Welcome to the Jungle as Guns N' Roses. So you kind of baseline, you know, what, what he sounds like doing the band. It's a good, uh, it's a good axle. Yeah, pretty good. good. Tones are good, right? The guitars sound right. Yeah. Now we're going to Motorhead. <laughs> That's a pretty good lemmy. It's a pretty good lemmy. It's a little too clean musically. Uh, yeah, that was my thought too, is that Motorhead's a little nastier than that. Yeah, it leads a little but, more bottom end. Right. That's okay. The, the Lemmy was good, though. ACDC, Bon Scott era. Oh. I mean, I, I definitely hear the ACDC. I don't hear a lot of the Guns N' Roses left. This is this, this one, 100%. This is an ACDC song at this point, which I love. This hmm. is Ransom. I don't quite get the Tim Armstrong uh, vocal. Yeah, it sounds a little too straight up. Some I think us. that might have worked better if it was the Offspring. I think you could have pulled it off that in that direction. So switching up the rhythm there at the end helped, but the beginning part sounded like Guns N' Roses to me. Didn't sound yeah. like Guns N' Roses. Yeah. Oasis. <laughs> That's a little silly. That's that's pretty. I mean, that's that's definitely maybe era Oasis right there. <laughs> that's pretty. That might be my favorite, honestly. I like his. I like how his facial expression changes too. Like he goes into this like <laughs> dreamy kind of earnest. Yet I don't give a shit kind of. And he, and he got a, he got Noel's guitar pretty good. So uh, this is Limp Biscuit. Not, Oof. I mean, I know the I know the singles, but uh, Limp Biscuit doing Paradise City. This might be the best Limp Biscuit song ever. It's definitely the most melodic uh, Limp Biscuit <laughs> yeah. song. If Limp Biscuit could only write a song that's good. This is My Chemical Romance, which I'm not super familiar with. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know My Chemical Romance all that well, so this is uh... Sounds fairly straightforward. I mean, to be honest, that, that could be My Chemical Romance or Faster Pussycat on, like, the third album. Right. Oh, different. Yeah. Okay. The Cure. Yes. <laughs> 100. Pretty much nailed it. 100. Yeah. They, 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 
the bass tone is pretty uh, pretty spot on. Yes. Yes. I want to. I want the full version of this song. <laughs> this is Kiss. Oof. That is not a very good Paul Stanley. No. That's, no. And this is. That's a This very is my bad. favorite song of all time. So this is. I'm not going with this. This should be a Gene song. Come on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because then it makes Sweet Child of Mine creepy in that Gene way. Interesting choice to bring Wasp into this. Yeah, I don't feel like well, the range known well enough. The range from Wasp to My Chemical Romance is impressive. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty good Blackie Lawless. Yeah. Easily, musically, it's pretty nondescript. <laughs> this is my favorite. That's the best dancing song in decades. <laughs> yeah. Nice. This is a nice choice. I mean, nice, nice pairing. Yeah. Nails guitar technique. Yeah. Yep. Again, I wish the new Smashing Pumpkin sounded as good. Yep. Definitely nailed the guitar tone. The vocal wasn't quite there, but it was close. No. Yeah. But so that, there... that's an admiral job. I mean, that's no, to that's... get all these guitar tones. And I mean, I'm sure it's a lot easier now with all that stuff is like online where you can look up guys' guitar rigs and what effects they use. But like to get all the vocals and everything right, that's or mostly right. That's that's pretty hard. I'm always oh, impressed by somebody's able to like break down the sound of a band. Well, not only do it for one band, but for do to do it for twelve bands to break down. Like, oh, this is what defines this band. This is how they play guitar. This is how the right. songs are written. This is not just how they sing, but like. I get more off. I think the musical interpretations, like the Danzig, outside of him doing the Glenn Danzig impression, even musically, that's exactly like what an early Danzig record is like from a right. guitar playing standpoint, riffs and stuff. So that's pretty fun. I think you probably have to look at the key of the song too, like in terms of what vocally, you know, Noel Gallagher sings in to what would pair well with his vocal, because like you couldn't pick your crazy. For yep. Noel, but this other song works for Noel. True. So that's a whole. Yeah, and I'm in on that. If 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 the Cure wants to do a Guns N' Roses tribute out record, I'm in, I'm in for that. <laughs> that might have been the best one. Was, for yeah, that that was you know for all the 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 comments I made here and there about how I didn't like this or that. That was that was impressive. I'm going to go back and watch that all the way through. That was amazing. excellent. Well, I enjoyed that segment, and uh, we'll be doing that, you know, every week if people enjoy it. Uh, but we want to get to our record for this year that we're going to be talking about. Scott, can you share with the audience your pick for 2023? Yeah, my trend has been to pick 30-year uh, anniversaries, and I kind of bent the rules a bit. This one came out 30 years ago in the UK, 29 years ago in the, in the US, but it's Heartwork uh, by Carcass carcass when i put this in our calendar uh jay like immediately texted me and goes do you know who these guys do you know who this is <laughs> like as if it's for like foreboding like do you know what's about to happen to you 
<laughs> I, well, knew, I, I knew I'd be, I felt, I knew I'd be stretching the boundaries a little. I felt bad that I should have known it was you, but it was like, I just saw the band. And I was like, who picked carcass? And then when he told me it was Scott, I was like, ah, of course it was. You're a metal guy now. Do you know that? Yeah, I'm a metal guy. Well, I had never heard carcass. So this is brand new for me. Jay, had you listened to them before? Uh, I ha- I had heard them in passing. I hadn't spent t- much time with them, but I was okay. familiar with generally what the band sounded like. Well, let's uh, do a little history of Carcass. History of the band. They are, as the Wikipedia describes them, an extreme metal band from Liverpool, England. They formed in 1985. They have released. Over the over from 1988 to 2021, they've released um, seven or eight albums. Is it seven? Yeah, seven albums. Uh, Heartwork is actually their fourth record. Came out in 1993. Uh, Reek of Putrefaction came out in 1988. That's the debut. Symphonies of Sickness in 1989. Necroticism. Descantanting the <laughs> These are Carcass well, albums, well, yes. 1991. <laughs> I feel like that album was titled simply for me. Yeah, try to pronounce this, Tim. Um, Swan Song in 1996. Then there was a separation for, uh, I guess, from about 97 to 2007. Uh, and then they reformed to release Surgical Steel in 2013 and Torn Arteries in 2021 um so it's been bill steer on guitar and um, backing vocals who's jeff walker on lead vocals now is that correct um or has he always been on lead vocals because i know there's another guy who's got credited for lead vocals but it was that very early on in the band I so I think on this album it was the first album where it was just him, but in the past it had been him and the guitarist who had split vocals. Gotcha. And then Daniel, um, well, for this record, the drummer is um Ken Owen, and uh, but they're currently the drummer is Dan Wilding. And uh, like as, as I said, they reunited. There's been some other people in and out here and there, looks like. And this was released on Earache, Columbia. Produced by Colin Richardson, who's worked on a lot of uh, heavy metal. And the cover art, Jay, is by H.R. Geiger. Oh, okay. It was done for the band. It was based on a a work that he had done uh, previously, and then he updated it for the band. Interesting. The themes look like his, but the technique is more photographic um, and well lit. And and actually has like a little bit of color. So I wouldn't have... uh necessarily assume that interesting yes we did get comments over at our patreon page which will share the results of the poll at the end of the show but uh gabriel gutierrez said ah the album that pioneered melodic death metal which is basically just death metal with catchy riffs i personally prefer my death metal to be more traditional and straightforward in its brutality but I actually think Heartwork is great. Love the riffs presented on a lot of these tracks. And Jeff Walker's vocals are pretty good here as well. That record is obviously incredibly influential. And I also believe 
should be looked upon as a worthy album. Have fun with this one, everybody. Willie Dillon said, it's a no for me, dog. Uh, Patrick Carter, death metal with some groove. The re- this album really changed the genre and moved it forward. Scott Wood said, what? This is the best metal album of the 90s. For a death metal album, it has a groove to it. Uh, this came out alongside Entombed Wolverine Blues and got a big push since Earache had major label distribution deal. That must have been with Columbia. And then um, Kyle Bittner said, up to this point, I've only listened to 2000s Carcass, but all kick ass, all kick serious ass, including this one. I agree with the above that this has some groovy stomp to it. All right. Groove was brought up three times, Jay, in the comments. Did you get your groove on? Uh, to heart work by Carcass. Tell me one thing you liked about this record. Yeah, I hear the groove point. Uh, I would describe it as you know, big, powerful riffs that it it it, it will alternate back and forth between like blast beats and sort of groove oriented riffs and drums. Even the just the drumming alone will do the same thing. Like he doesn't really play the same drum part for more than a measure it's always like you know like the album starts off with the first track and uh i think it's is it no love no it's not no love loss what is it oh buried dreams it starts off and it's like a fairly straightforward drum beat for like the first bar and then it starts adding triplets and then it starts evolving so you get this like really it starts it sets a tempo for the record where you get this really like this range of different approaches rhythmically, which is, I think, different and unique. It's not just all full-on aggression or punk beats or blast beats or just thrash-style, you know, uh, rhythms. It's stuff you might hear in, like, a Pantera song, you know, at least um, in terms of that heavy groove orientation, you know, riffs that are alternate between being rhythmic and sort of palm muty and chugging to things that are like super melodic. enjoyed that range i didn't expect to have not just the aggression but also having sort of that power that power and groove of feel to it i think there's also some really cool like melodic stuff going on guitar wise here that was a little unexpected there's uh, several points where they actually harmonize the guitars which i think works really well again to break you out of that what can be sometimes like very intense obviously and a little exhausting uh from when you're sort of in this full-on like double time you know blasting snare thing to to jump into something or to start into something that's you know a harmonized guitar melody 
it really helps again break things up and it gives i think the record musically a ton of range um so i, I really enjoyed that i love the uh just from a musical standpoint you know taking that journey and the variation there's they're willing to go into to keep things interesting to use melody and rhythm to their fullest abilities you know they don't get stuck in musically list from metal band you know they they don't get stuck in any one thing for too long so it keeps it a fun listen i think through most of the record if you're you know paying attention to uh, what's going on at least drum wise and then also listening to those guitars and how they're bringing some of those harmonies in and some of the riffs are pretty awesome and there's a couple solos on here that are uh i think notable it, it can get a little sweepy at times where it's just like you know notes flying everywhere but there are some where they really do some things that are almost like guitar squeals like you would hear on a pantera record those high-pitched like harmonics and stuff that really catch your ear or a melody that's a little unexpected or maybe a guitar solo drops in where you're not really expecting anything to drop in so yeah i think there's a lot of cool variety here and overall it's it's too powerful i mean i like metal that's not just angry like i need like adrenaline or you know mystique or like other elements besides just i'm pissed off so i think this has got some of those other elements to it uh, as well what worked for you tim well in terms of music uh death metal or melodic death metal extreme metal or whatever is probably one of my least listened to categories i'm just I haven't delved into it much. Um, this is probably one of my few entry points is probably one of the, I guess would be one of the best possibilities because the guitar work alone on this record is just worth it. Like you mentioned, I loved the way that it would jump from, like you said, like this, like a Pantera-esque groove, which I guess would be on like the heavier end of Pantera, but on the lighter end for this band. And then you would get stuff like on This Mortal Coil, which has this new wave of British heavy metal sound. It has a very Iron Maiden sound when those guitars start to double. You mentioned about, you know, the when you'd have um, harmonizing guitar parts. That song features it. It has a gallop um, like, like an Iron Maiden song would. There's a lot of stuff in in knowing some of the bands later that got you know in the 2000s and being able to now go trace it back to a band like this i can now hear where those heavier bands like mastodon or uh, who else am i thinking baroness like i can hear some of those things more refined 
or more, you know, I guess Americanized version of of the of that metal in terms of what Carcass is doing here, because this sounds impossibly heavy for 1993. I had no idea in 1993. I thought the heaviest was like Metallica and Megadeth. I didn't I couldn't conceive that there was any ha- heavier metal <laughs> happening beyond those bands as a, you know, a 18 year old or a 17 year old. Uh, but to, now to hear this and hear the technicality and just like the insane amount of musicianship that's happening, I could process it all. What's honestly what works is just playing it. And I have I have almost no idea what happens from song to song because there's a lot of parts in the songs, which is cool. But like sometimes the songs, I'll be four songs deep. I'll be like, oh, I, I, have, I don't know where I am. Like <laughs> what happened? It where just sounds like I? one massive uh, like composition in a way there it almost doesn't have starts and, and stops i know that there are but they just feel like dynamics within a whole cycle rather than breaks in between individual pieces so did you find with repeated listens like i'll mention a couple songs in particular so as i listen to the record more song like no love lost artwork those two in particular like i really could start to like melodically it took me time to comprehend melodically what was going on. And as I got more comfortable with it, I started to hear like actual hooks in those songs. Like there's mm-hmm. moments in those choruses where you're like, Oh, okay. That's yeah. I get now what's going on. Like that's a memorable little thing. Sort of getting past the, what, what we haven't talked about here. The vocals, you know, are like his voice sounds like it's shredded. I mean, he's just like, <laughs> I, I don't know how to describe it. It's not like cookie monster vocals, but it's, it's like Bon you know, Scott at his, or not Bon Scott, but Brian Johnson at his most ragged. Right. Uh, so once you get past that and you get familiar with the record more and more, you start to hear like, oh, that's actually kind of hooky. Like that little part I'm rem- remembering and that little line I'm anticipating. And so I don't know. Did you find that at all as you as you listen to it more? It turned from like just an avalanche of sound to like discernible hooks and riffs and memorable lines. So it it became more of a sound than a focus. Like it almost sounded like a nonsense language on like a, <laughs> on, on like a, a, an album by what's that band? Sugar, Wah? sugar, Ra? how do you say sugar rose? Sugar rose. I don't know. Yeah. Of course I don't know how to pronounce that, but anyway, I almost interpreted it just as like vowels and like, and, and, uh inflections rather than trying to contemplate like what the heck is he saying because i couldn't figure i couldn't figure out a word or anything listening to it overnight so it just became like almost like a just like an opening and closing filter of a of a wah pedal just kind of over the top of everything yeah but it didn't it didn't it wasn't enough to push me off of it like i've listened to somewhere i'm like oh my god i just turned it off this wasn't like I, I can't enjoy this because of the vocal.
Scott, what works best for you on this record that you picked? Uh, I'm going to answer your question, but I, I think it's going to be a little more entertaining to, to uh, say what I'm about to say. So um, I encountered this album probably in 1994 at the radio station running a metal show. And it was just, let's play brutality after brutality after brutality. How extreme can we get it? What can we do? And 95% of the stuff I played on that show, I don't remember and I don't really care. Like, but this album, I like, I either bought or stole from the radio station and I just kept coming back to it for 30 years. And so when you guys went through a week, what I went through over 30 years, like, you know, I've got little kids too. I don't find a lot of time to play this around the house. You know, like I'm the only one in my house that's ever going to want to listen to this, but like on a long car ride, just by myself, I'd play it. And like you said, you know, you'd pick up these phrases or you'd pick up the hooks and it just kept coming back back to it and kept coming back to it and when i was trying to pick out the album for this year my brother-in-law was like here's your secret santa gift we're gonna go see carcass in and so like i i saw these guys in concert 12 days ago and um I've, so for the last two or three weeks i've listened to this probably as much as i've listened to it in the 30 years up until then and yeah it's 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 really you know all the stuff you guys said the guitar works amazing the the you mentioned Metallica, and I think if they continued on the End Justice for All path instead of taking the turn they took at the Black Album, like they could have gotten here in '93 or '94, maybe with different vocals. But otherwise, they could have gotten here with the like rhapsodic, you know, like we're going to play this for a bar, then we're going to switch to this total different section, and you know, it's like it's not verse, chorus, verse. There's like twenty different sections, and they're all mishmashed together, and we're rapidly switching between them. Um, I love that. Uh, you mentioned Pantera. I have Pantera in my notes, especially for No Love Lost. That's the that's the one where it speaks to me the clearest, especially right at the beginning. I think the Pantera influence is strong. Um, I love that. I love that growl at the beginning of uh, Blind Bleeding the Blind. Like they they do like three intro parts, and then the vocals kick in with this like four bar growl, and that 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 gets me every time. Um, and then. Uh, but the number the number one moment that stands out for this in all my 30 years is on embodiment when like they're they're playing the riff and like one of the few lyrics you can understand the first time you ever hear it, he says, Your God is dead. And then the, and then it goes into that huge <laughs> riff on embodiment. That's still my favorite riff. And I will say I will say that to friends. I will just I will just say to them, like, Your God is dead. It's just amazing. <laughs> it's very Werner Hutzog. <laughs> Enjoy the music. Your God is dead. <laughs> Purchase a TG a t-shirt at the merch table. How were they live, by the way? They were great. They were great. I so you know the history of the band. This is the only carcass album I really know. I've heard songs here and there, but this is the only one I really know. And and of the like, you know, dozen songs or so they played. They were the they were the third of four bands. So they were opening for a Monomarth and um Oh wow! They played, they played. Th- yeah, it was. Oh, it was. You'll enjoy this. It was cattle decapitation, and then obituary. So going way back, and then uh, and then carcass, and then Mel Um Anyway, and they played three songs from this album. They played uh, buried dreams, heartwork, and this mortal coil. And they were they were great. Bill looks exactly the same as he does in the pictures from this. Thirty years on, he looks exactly the same. 
just wow like a like a like a breeze could blow them away like it was amazing they were great that'll keep you young well uh, apparently he's a vegetarian and he uh, focuses on animal rights issues a lot of his lyrics or that so maybe it's or not eating not eating garbage not eating garbage he's a healthy eater <laughs> which honestly for musicians that's tough uh, that's that is not yeah. the realm that would be brutal be on tour and, and be a vegetarian that would be very very difficult yes yeah I didn't know that. My understanding is so the, the first band, Kettle Decapitation, they're from San Diego. My understanding is that they're vegan, which is why they're named the Kettle Decapitation to highlight the atrocities of eating meat. Oh, so they're against it, about. not for. <laughs> I would assume with the name, they'd be for it. Yeah, if, if you're if you're really interested, <laughs> I was going to show up with a decapitated <laughs> cattle head at their show in honor of them. Mm, but I guess that no would be anti the, the, the wrong way to go. Form. <laughs> Okay, noted. Uh, Jay, is there anything that doesn't work for you on this record? Yeah, I mean, it's exhausting. It is a, it's a mental, um, it's mentally fatiguing, and not just from a standpoint of that it's you know rough on your ears. I mean, you're taking in a lot of information at a very high level of intensity. Uh, I think it comes down to mostly for me the vocal um is what i find most taxing uh you know i do wish well some of the style i think can, i can understand and get on board with and this is a total personal subjective thing on the on especially on the vocal like i would love to hear some more melodic sections uh in the same way that the music has so many movements and variations you don't get that from the vocal ever like he's got basically one note and after a while you can start to ascertain what the melodies are underneath the tone, but the tone is just so single note and the delivery is just one delivery. I can't help but wonder what some of this stuff would sound like with a very, with some, a little bit more variety on the vocal approach. I'm thinking of a song like, uh, is it doctrine, doctrinal explicatives? That's a good song where it starts off and you're like, oh, this is kind of different musically. Uh, where's this going? And then the vocal comes in and I'm like, oh, it's the same thing. Like it just takes it back to a place that overall felt too predictable for a band that's musically not predictable, if that makes sense. I think the biggest blocker for me and probably a lot of uh, other people who are, you know, super into metal really getting into this is get, is just going to be the vocal. What do you thought? What do you think, Tim? I agree with you. This worked 
much better as a casual listen when I would just put it on and I would work and I would be kind of, I would just be listening to it and grooving to it. And I'd be, I'd be totally into the sort of background aspect of it too, of it. But when I um, cranked it and was just focusing, I didn't, I didn't love listening to the vocal that intently. And it's, and again, that's a personal thing. I I've always said, I don't care for like the extreme metal vocals, whether they're, in this style or real guttural it just it doesn't work for me um it doesn't uh disparage or or make me dislike the um the music anymore i'm just uh i'm just not with that vocal style as a, as a whole and uh, did we lose scott, scott? <laughs> Was I? I hope that con- that comment was not too harsh. I felt like I was being fairly. And uh, both of us he's bailed on you. I, I don't know. Be, should I be offended? No, nope, there he's back. I, I, was, I was with. I was with you. I was with you up until what? What Tim? What didn't work for Tim? So I can. I can roll with it here. Uh, it, basically, I. I thought. I. I thought maybe I offended you, and you left. Oh. No, no. What? It wasn't that bad. <laughs> I just. I just said. You know. In terms of metal vocals, this style and the more guttural, deeper vocal are just not my cup of tea. Um, and when I listened to it on a more casual listen, it worked because I wasn't focusing on anything. I was just like letting it kind of wash over me as I was sitting here. When I like, tried to sit down and analyze parts and you know what the kick drum is doing and that kind of thing, that's when the vocal started to wear on me. So I feel like this this works in terms of me just like putting it on and letting it rock, but I don't want to get too close to it. <laughs> if that's possible. <laughs> it might burn you. It might, ter- it might turn you to the dark side. It might turn me to the, I'm st- I still have a little bit of that, you know, Catholic uh, altar boy in me. That's afraid of this music. Thinks that the, the devil's reaching up to try to pull me down. And uh, <laughs> all that stuff. That that's was the, that's the appeal. That's the appeal. I know. <laughs> yeah. Just give in, give in to the darkness, Tim. It's gonna be okay. I'm afraid. Uh, I know you said that you hadn't revisited this in a while. Is there anything in coming back to this now, Scott, uh, with revisiting the record uh, in the recent weeks that maybe doesn't work for you as well, or or stuff that has always bothered you? No, you know it's it's the vocals for me, um, and it's not as I think I. I dislike these less than I dislike like Cookie Monster vocals, even though I can I can get along with bands who have Cookie Monster vocals. But you know, I'll just it, it, that's that's really it. But but I'll I'll add on to a little bit of what you know you both said, like how they they kind of slow it down and they have grooves and they have melodies. This was considered the sellout album at the time. I mean, to consider that this album was thought of as a sellout is ridiculous, <laughs> but it was like the, the band says like their fans would tell them at show like your new album sucks i mean i mean some of the comment one comment yeah. you know i i prefer my death metal more just brutal constantly you know and it's and it's wild and it's only really coming back to it this time that i'm like oh now i i'm i'm, I'm getting the melodies i'm getting where they're slowing it down i didn't catch that before it just sounded completely brutal and to the point of it being exhausting like 100 agree and I used to just tune out after 
Arbeit Marktfleisch. Apologies to anybody who speaks or knows how to speak German. Um, I can then, take a like, shot at, at it. <laughs> so then, but then coming back to it, then I got into that growl of blind leading the blind, and then the out damn spot out line caught my ear, and I started picking up that song. And by the end of these last few weeks of really listening to it heavily, like now I can make it through all ten songs, and I'm kind of like, oh, they could have even put another song in here. So, oh, so I, oh, I completely okay. agree that it's exhausting, but after listening to it off and on for 30 years and then pretty intensely for three weeks it's like okay no this was this is a nice length for me but it yeah what doesn't work is just a like it's like i said metallica with different vocals like would have been nice of a singer who actually sang you know more than one note you know would have been interesting to hear what that was yeah like the guy who sings for baroness uh i don't know his name but he has that range where he can do the scream but then he can also sing melodically and that works. I think that's why that band works for me, because they don't always love the screaming. But well, I mean, Pantera is the same, right? I mean, and he, yeah, he has a couple different voices, especially in the early stuff that he would he would be able to switch to. So, so let's get to our overall ratings uh, for this record. Were the album better EP, decent single? We'll share our poll results in just a moment. Jay, where do you land? Well, I think I'm going to need 30 years to really understand this record <laughs> to get the to get to full 10 songs, appreciating everything that's going on. It's a on. date. It's a date. <laughs> uh, yeah. Welcome um, to season 43 of Dick Me Out. <laughs> <laughs> We're going re-reviewing Carcass again. Live we'll see from the it. moon. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I I. I I bring that up because, you know, I'm going with an EP and my EP is basically like almost the first half of the record. Uh, the only song I would, I would switch uh, Carnal Forge for bleeding, uh, Blind Bleeding the Blind. So it would be Berry Dreams, No Love Lost, Heartwork, Embodiment, and Blind Leading, Bleeding the Blind would be my EP. And that's really, you know, heavy on the front head of the record, front half of the record. Uh, some of that is probably just me processing it and only being able to really like melodically understand what's going on for those songs and really feeling like I'm still not there with the second half. And a lot of it uh, sounds like kind of a continuation of one song, except for Blind Bleeding the Blind, where there's like a this bluesy break that kind of comes out of nowhere uh, in riff. Uh, but the rest of it is, is still just a you know a blast hurricane of sounds on the second half of the record uh so i'm at an ep uh in my ability to to enjoy and process this record where'd you land at tim i think ultimately i'm at a worthy album because i liked just putting this on and nodding my head along as i was working and just so many riffs and it's so diverse in terms of its styles and it really only started to tire me when I was like, I got to focus in on this. Um, so I think as I think what this would probably work is like, I could pretty much pick any song and put this into, you know, if I wanted like a metal mix on Spotify, I could probably, cause I don't feel like there's a bad song on this record. Um, they all have interesting aspects going on. They're all, I mean, it's crazy too, because most of these songs are in like around three and a half to four minutes. 
And they're covering a lot of ground seamlessly in that amount of time. So yeah. I'm at a worthy album. Scott, what about you? Yeah, worthy album. I mean, I I really have I really have no complaints. I mean, I, I accept the vocals as they are, and I just am like, oh, this is this is basically 45 or so minutes of just what I want. If I if I have, you know, if you like pick one album from this genre that you will only ever able to be listened to, like this is this is the easy pick. Well, our patrons agreed. Seventy-eight percent worthy album. Wow, that's pretty overwhelming. Uh, that is that is unexpected. Only eleven percent. Uh, it actually tied better EP and decent single at eleven percent. So. Those, Sorry, those Jay, you've been voted very... off the island. <laughs> that's that's. I'm I'm glad. I'm glad that we're uh, got a community that can appreciate you know some you're pretty from that you're extreme from that metal. Point. Well, I'm 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 kind of surprised too. I mean, uh, I thought this would be more split, but a win yeah. is a win. A win is a win. Uh, Scott, thank you so much for bringing this album to our. Uh, our listeners and to us because I don't think Jay and I would have been checking out carcass if you had, uh, but it's actually a theme to many of your picks. There's quite yeah, a lot of the times. That's my, that's my job. That's my job. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we appreciate that. Uh, Always fun to be here. Yes. In this, in this uh, empty week between Christmas and new year's where everybody's confused about what time to wake up or they have to be somewhere, or what day it is. And, can you start drinking what before is, noon? Yeah. That kind of thing. Yes. The answer is yes. That's <laughs> how so we kick off our year now. Yep. We have a, a little yep. chat with, with Scott and listen mm-hmm. to some metal. There you go. I like it. Well, if you'll be, like I'll, to... be a, I'll pick Indigo Girls next year. Oh. <laughs> I'm wait. That'll be the big like... curveball next when you when you throw yeah, something like that at us. Guys, I really like this Chris Isaac. You can't just throw that out there. Dar Williams. We're going to call you on that. You can't just throw that out there. Yeah, you can't. All right. If you listening at home would like to uh, suggest an album like Scott did, you can do so by joining us at digmeoutunion.com or dmounion.com. Our patrons, starting at the $2 level, get a union sticker and uh get to vote in the polls such as for this album and then also in our monthly um tournaments of death where 27 albums are entered in from the dig me out hopper and one winner gets picked and reviewed each month you can go to digmeoutpodcast.com to suggest an album it's also where you can go to sign up for the box newsletter it comes out every week with a release calendar of new releases in 80 of 80s and 90s uh bands and um also uh where you can get uh, reviews of uh, two new releases each week as well as uh of or, or of uh, music movies television shows documentaries books all that kind of stuff and then finally apple podcasts is where you go if you would like to leave some positive feedback for this show if you've enjoyed it Apple Podcasts. For Jay, I'm Tim. We're out. We'll be back next week with another episode of Dig Me Out. You got this.